Well, today we are in the second week of our series, Finding or Becoming. And if you were not here with us last weekend, then you may wonder why in the world in a church where 75% of the people are married, are we spending four weeks talking to single people? And the answer is actually twofold. First, um, I want you to have, I want everyone to have great relationships, right? As we discovered last week, each one of us is designed by God and and we are created by our Heavenly Father uh, for relationship. And so I I want you, I want all of you, I want all of you to have a great relationship. And second, um, I, I want people to actually be excited about getting married someday. Because the truth is, for, for many of us, right, we, we look out into this world and, and we don't, if we're honest, um, we don't actually see or know um, many, some, not any, happily married couples, right? And so you see it on TV, you see it in movies, um, but you don't see real couples that are happily married. And so you think to yourself, okay, I don't know if there really are any. And so, um, yeah, I want a relationship. I'm just not sure that I want a marriage. And so I want you to know that regardless of what it is that you've seen growing up, perhaps even Uh, regardless of what you personally have experienced in the past, um, that this is in fact something that is possible for you. And so last week I I left you with a little bit of a question. Um, The the question is simply this. Uh, Are you willing to allow your Heavenly Father to help you become the person that the person you're looking for is looking for? Because we said last week that for a lot of us, when we start dating or when we start looking into romantic relationships, um, we don't spend a whole lot of time thinking about this. We just go out and we start trying to find someone. And we think if we find the right person, then everything's going to be all right. And consequently, many of us, we don't stop and think about things or consider things like um, like character or or habits or relational skills or all of that stuff. We, We just go out and we start finding Right, Because we think to ourselves, well, well listen, I don't have to be patient right? because um, he's not ever going to do anything to make me have to be patient. Right? I don't have to learn to actually be kind because she's just going to kind of pull kindness. Right? She's going like, to um, will kindness out of me. Right? And, and, but what happens, as we talked about, is that when these two people, they meet each other right? and, and they, um, they think love is enough. Right? They think passion is enough because they have chemistry. And so um, they, they move in together or perhaps they get married. Um, but after a while, the, there starts to be problems. But there's not, you know, chemistry problems because couples don't have chemistry problems. Couples have relationship problems. Because what, what happened and, and yet nobody warned them um, was their past, right? It snuck into their present and it began destroying their future. And see, the truth is, listen, I, I don't want this to happen to you, right? Because I'm your pastor and I love you. And so um, last week we ended and I gave you a little bit of an assignment. If you didn't do it last week, I really want you to do do it this week because I'm repeating it this week. So I want you to really do it this week, right? In 1 Corinthians 13 last week, we saw a section of scripture um, that looks like this in your outline. It's got a bunch of blanks. And I said, I want you to take in each one of those blanks and I want you to write, you know, your first name in. And then after you do that, uh, I I want you to pray, and I want you to to read each of those, and I want you to to say to the Holy Spirit, I want you to to ask him to show you which of these, um, right, that he he wants to speak to you about. And so when you kind of get that sense of, okay, well, that's not really, right, that's not really, this one's not really true uh, of me, right, that those would be the ones that you just kind of circle or underline or, or better yet mark in your Bible and you start actually praying and confessing those very specific things to your heavenly father, right, and you would ask him to work in those areas to make you into the person that he wants you to become. 
Because see, the, the truth is this, right? Someday, when you are in a relationship with someone, right, and, and, and the chemistry thing is great, and the in-love feeling is great, but when one of your friends actually asks you about this person that you're seeing and dating, and they ask you, okay, so what is it that you love about them? Right, the truth is these are the things that are going to end up showing up later on in the relationship. And then last week we ended by looking at these words from the Apostle Paul at the end of 1 Corinthians 13. And he says this, he says, when I was a child, I talked like a child. Right? I thought like a child. I, I reasoned like a child, right? Because that's what children do, right? They think like children. They act like children. They, they live like children. They behave like children. Um, but Paul says, when I became an adult, I, I put all those ways, right? All those childhood ways, I put all of those ways behind me. And we said last week that in children's stories, right, the, at the end, um, when the prince and the princess finally overcome all the odds, right, and they're finally able to be together, um, they always end the same way, right? They live happily ever after. But we looked at that and we said, you know, the truth is that's a very childish way of thinking about relationships because it's not simply about finding, right? Yeah, that's part of it, sure. But it's much more about actually becoming the person the person you're looking for is looking for. And so today, this week, as we pick up, um, I, I want to take a couple of minutes and I, I want to speak to adults. I want to speak to adult men and adult women. And I want to speak to young adult men and young adult women about putting the ways of childhood behind you when it comes to relationships. And so um, I, I want to talk to men for a minute, and I, I want to talk to you about your attitude towards and how you actually treat women. And women, I want to talk to you about how you allow yourself to be treated and um, how sometimes even you also treat and interact not only with other women, but also with other men. Now, I know that that may sound a little bit strange um, to some of you, um, and I, I get that, um, but it's not when you think about this, because here, here's the part that I, uh, this might be new for many of you. Um, but the, the truth is this, listen, even in our modern world, right, in our modern, in our modern society today, the truth is, is that in our culture, women and men, but mostly women, are presented, they're talked about, and they're even sung about like a commodity, right? A commodity. You know what a commodity is? A commodity is something with value, right? Now you say, well, that's true because women do have value. Absolutely they do. Women are very valuable, but women are not a commodity. The thing that makes a commodity valuable is the fact that you can sell it, you can trade it, you can exchange it in, and you can turn it in for a new one. Right? A commodity is something that I'm not attached to emotionally because when I'm done with it, I can just go and I can exchange it for something else. Commodities are all about ascribed value. Right? Not inherent value. They're all about ascribed value. And, and men, this is the message right, that we are sent about women every single day. And women, this is also the message that you are sent about women and men every single day. Right? That, yes, men and women are valuable. That's true. But they can be traded in, they can be exchanged, and they can be turned in. And you can just go out and get a new one. That is the message that we are constantly bombarded with in our society, and single guys especially. I cannot overemphasize to you how important what we're going to talk about today for the next few minutes really is, okay? And if you will just, and I know some of this is going to, some of this is going to sound harsh, 
Um, and I, I need to give a little bit of a tone warning. Um, if I sound angry, okay, I, I want you to understand, I am not angry. I'm very passionate, however, about this. This is very important to me personally. And so I apologize because sometimes my passion can sound like anger. And I am not angry. But this is hugely, hugely important. There are married men who are going to listen to this message today, who are going to watch this message today, and there are married men who are, who are going to hear this and think to themselves, okay, I wish someone would have explained this to me earlier in my life. But see, they grew up in an environment or they grew up in a church, right, where they didn't, you didn't, we didn't talk about those kind of things in, in some of the churches that you grew up in. Um, yeah, you heard a nice sermon every week, you heard a nice homily every week, everything was always nice and neat and all boxed together, and it was all, it was all nice, right? But you never talked about this stuff. And, and so consequently, um, a lot of men grew up um, and, and they didn't know because no one ever told them or they didn't know until these things started to appear and show up and do damage in their relationship. And so even though some of what we're going to talk about together today is a little bit awkward um, in, in some of the things I'm going to say just kind of flies in the face of culture. Um, in fact, you may even find yourself thinking at times, okay, Joe, that's like so old-fashioned, like nobody does that anymore, nobody thinks that way anymore. Um, and, and I want you to know, there's some, there is some truth to that. I understand that, right? I, I get that. But I love you far, far too much to just let these things go unsaid. Because, see, when these ideas that we're going to talk about together today, when these ideas were first introduced, the truth is they were far, far stranger than they are in our world today. When they were first introduced, women were not simply thought of as a commodity. Women were, in fact, a commodity. They were traded and exchanged constantly. In the world that these words were spoken into, prostitution was actually legal and encouraged. Not only that, in the Roman and the Greek world, you owned slaves. Everybody owned slaves. And the richer you were, the more slaves you owned, the more female slaves you owned. And you could do anything you want to, wanted to with a female slave, including having her killed or selling her. Right? And there was no one. There was no one that was going to stop you from doing that. In the first century, nobody wanted little girls when they were born. Right? Nobody wanted baby girls. By the second and third century, in fact, uh, most Romans didn't want children at all. Um, it just became endemic. Right? The, the number of little babies that were left in city streets, left out by the side of a river, left in the forest and just left to die. Nobody cared. The value of life was just so much lower. We can't even imagine or comprehend how much lower the value of life was. Men didn't want to have children because it meant that one day they were going to have to divide their inheritance or their estate among many children from many different women. And so there was just a, an epidemic of the mistreatment of women. Women had no status. Women had absolutely no voice. And see, it was into this world that we can't even begin to imagine that Jesus spoke. And the Apostle Peter spoke. And the Apostle Paul spoke. And what they said about women specifically and the treatment and the value of women, it was absolutely staggering. In fact, it was because of what they said that in the communities around the Mediterranean Rim where the Apostle Paul went and established these churches, women actually flocked to these communities and to these churches because these were the only places in society where they were treated with value, where they were treated with respect. And so for those of us who are followers of Jesus today, the truth is we've been called 
We have been called to a different standard than what it is that we see in our world. And so consequently, we need to embrace or perhaps re-embrace these foundational truths about how our Heavenly Father and how our Savior, how they see and so consequently how we are to see and to treat the women and the men in our world. Not just the women that you date, but including the women that you date. Right, not just the woman that you're in love with, but including the woman that you're in love with. Jesus is the one who starts all of this off when he tells us in John chapter 13. He says this, love one another as I have loved you by this, right? Everyone, the entire world, everyone will know that you are my disciple, that you're my follower, if you have or if you show love for, for one another. Now, I know you hear me quote this scripture all the time, okay? But please do not blow past this. Listen, by this, right? By this unusual level of respect, by this unusual level of honor or esteem that you show to other people regardless Right, regardless of their background, regardless of their gender. Right? This unusual by this one activity, Jesus says, people will know that you're my follower. Right, men, do you understand what this means? It means that every single woman that you are ever eyeball to eyeball with, right? In the office, at a restaurant, on the golf course. Right, at a sporting event, at a bar, right? You say, well, she's at a bar, it doesn't matter. Yeah, she's at the same bar you are, right? Yes, every single woman that you are ever eyeball to eyeball with, your Savior who died for you said, listen, this is how I want you to treat her. I want you to love her. I want you to love her. Whether you know her or not, I want you to love her the way that I have loved her you. Then the Apostle Paul comes along a few years later and he contextualizes this for us and he says this. He says, husbands, husbands, I want you to love your wives like Jesus loved the church and gave himself up for her. Right? Single guys. Okay? Single guys. I want you to understand, this is what you're shooting for. Right, this is your goal. If you are a single man, this is your goal. You say, oh, I'm not married yet. I said, I, I know. That's why I'm telling you to start practicing this now. Because this does not come naturally for any of us. This does not come naturally for me. I'm willing to bet it does not come naturally for you. This is why you start practicing this now with every single woman that you ever interact with. A couple years later after this, the Apostle Peter, right? Peter comes along. Peter who spent all this time physically watching and seeing how Jesus interacted, right? Peter who was with the disciples that day that they walked up and they saw Jesus speaking to a woman, like a Samaritan woman, and he's talking theology with a woman. It's like, are you crazy, Jesus? Have you lost your mind, right? That's what they're thinking. Like, who does that? Son of God. The Son of God is who does that. Peter, he says this. He says, husbands, husbands, listen, husbands, um, in the same way, right, in the same way, be considerate, right? Be considerate as you live with your wives and as you treat and treat them with respect, right? To which we want to say, okay, Peter, really, do do you really need to tell husbands that they need to treat their wives with respect. I mean, isn't that kind of obvious? To which Peter would say, no. 
No, it's not. Because see, what Peter realized from watching Jesus and listening to Jesus is that in any world where women and men, but especially women, are viewed and treated as a commodity, this is actually what's missing. Okay, and so this, and this, is, this little phrase here, treat them, right, treat them, this is actually a very interesting little phrase. In the entire New Testament, this word, this Greek word shows up one time. 5,437 different words in the Greek New Testament, right? And one time this word shows up, it's right here. Now, anytime that happens, that's generally because the author is trying to make a very, very specific point about what it is they're trying to communicate. And a better way to translate this phrase is actually like this, apportion to them the honor that they're due. Right? See, th- th- this, is, this is different. Right? This is different. Peter is saying, listen, um, when you see a woman, um, they don't have ascribed value, right? They actually have inherent value, right? This is, this is different, right? There is something that you actually owe to her. There is something that she is due, right? You owe her honor, right? This is different. This is unique. Um, uh, and, and then Peter goes on and he says this. A portion of them, the honor they are due, as the weaker partner. Now, women, ladies, understand, um, this is not, all Peter is saying here is that your boyfriend can probably, or your husband can probably win an arm wrestling match with you, right? That's all he's trying to say. He's not saying that you're less important. He's not saying any of that. Um, In fact, he's going to go on and make um, the exact opposite argument in in just a a minute. Um, But let me tell you how crazy this was, right? When Peter said this, if you asked someone what the right thing to do was in Peter's world, well, Peter would have said, well, that's easy. You You just find the strongest person in the world, in the community, and you ask them what the right thing to do is, and they'll tell you. You want to know what the right thing to do is? The right thing to do is whatever the most powerful person says to do. That's the right thing to do. But see, Peter came along, and Peter says, okay, followers of Jesus, remember, Jesus came to turn everything upside down. And Jesus' kingdom, it is an upside-down kingdom. And so consequently, from now on, men, if you follow Jesus, you don't use your power for the sake of the strong. You use your power for the sake of the weak. You use your physical strength, your financial strength, your influential strength. You are to leverage all of that, Peter is saying, for those people who are weaker than you. And if you are married, he says, you are especially to use your power for your wife's sake. Because she is, he goes on to say, an heir with you of the gracious gift of life. Right? In other words, he's saying, listen, the women in your life, right? the, the woman that you're in a relationship with, listen, Peter says, understand, she has the same heavenly father that you do. Right? Peter says, men, every time we are eyeball to eyeball w- with another woman, we are looking at a person not only made in the image of God, we're actually looking at someone for whom Jesus Christ laid down his life. So be very careful. Be very careful, Peter is saying, with how you treat her. So that nothing will hinder your prayers. It's like time out. Peter, are you really saying what I think you're saying? Peter, are you saying that God is not going to listen to my prayers because of the way I treat a woman? Yes. Yes. Yes, that is exactly, Peter would say, what I'm saying. See, guys, listen, this is... uh, hear me, okay? 
The girls you're attracted to, the girls you're not attracted to, the girls that are attracted to you, right, but you are not attracted to them. Every category of women, your responsibility is to honor them and treat them with respect. They are daughters of your heavenly father, right, and you are accountable to him for how you treat them. And see, dating is practice, Like learning today is in fact practice. It is practice for the day when you actually meet the person that you think you may want to spend the rest of your life with. It is practice for that day. Because listen, guys, you cannot date like a commodities trader or a slave owner and think that one day by putting on a tux and making a couple statements that you're going to magically transform into this man who knows how to honor and respect women. It does not work that way. In fact, it works the exact opposite. Because, listen, we think when we find the right person, everything's going to be all right. But listen, that's not how habits change. Right? That's not how character changes. Right? In fact, there's plenty of men that could tell their story and who would say, yeah, that's what I thought, and it turned out to be a disaster. It didn't work that way for me. And see, this is the hard part, guys and women. You will get very little help with any of this from culture, right? You will get very little help with any of this from a culture that says that women and men, but mostly women, are nothing more than a commodity. And so instead, right, instead, you need and we need, all of us, this is for men and women, right, we need to renew our minds, we need to learn to think correctly, and we need to make up our minds, We need to understand what it means to actually act differently, right? And so I want to take a couple minutes and talk about um, what this means and how to apply, again, for men and women, for, for all of us, right, for all of us, about what it means to renew our minds and make up our minds. And I want to talk to you about two very specific areas where this is such an incredibly important issue. The first is what it is that you actually entertain yourself with, okay? Hear me on this. If you have any songs on a playlist, if you have any podcasts that you listen to regularly or routinely, right, where women are sung about or talked about or where the discussion with the host or the interviewers, where they're constantly referring to women as bitches and whores, that media needs to be off of your playlist, off of your devices tonight. Before you go to bed. Okay, understand how serious this is. And you may not realize this, okay? But understand, in every single society or country where there has ever been a genocide, it always happens the same way. It happens when one segment of society dehumanizes another segment of society. This happened in Rwanda when the Hutus decided that the Tutsis were cockroaches. They're nothing more than cockroaches. That's all they are. They're just cockroaches. So it does not matter what we do to them. Right, so we can do anything we want to them because they're not even people. This is what happened in Nazi Germany with with Jewish women. Every Jewish woman was just a a, a whore. That's all they were. They're just a bunch of Jewish whores. So we can do anything we want to with them and it doesn't matter because they're not human. We did the same thing in this country with American Indians. It's happening right now in our world in Ukraine, right? We're just denazifying. That's all they all we're doing. They're just a bunch of Nazis, right? We're just denazifying. Listen. And I know some of you are thinking, okay, isn't that a little extreme? And isn't, 
if you entertain yourself, if you entertain yourself with music and media and messages that continually reinforce this idea that women are nothing more than bitches and hoes, understand you are doing two things. You are giving yourself permission to treat women in that way, and women, you are giving yourself permission to be treated that way. And you say, okay, it's just the style of music I like. It's just what I like to listen to. It's not serious. Okay, listen. Every time you listen to it, every time you watch it, you're helping to monetize it. You're helping to monetize it, and you're helping to monetize what is behind it. So get rid of it. Tonight. Second. Second. You need to end your relationship with pornography, okay? This is for men and women, okay? Because listen, and, and this is a confession, okay? Because I am, I, I am old and I get it. But if you would have told me like years ago, um, hey, Joe, um, you know what you should talk about one day is how looking at pictures of naked people is not good for you. I probably would have said, you know, I don't really think I need to do that. I think kind of everybody knows that sitting around all day looking at pictures of naked people, right, on a screen that that probably isn't good for you. Um, well, guess what I've discovered, right? Um, not so much. Not so much. And again, this is mostly men, but it's also women, right? There's a lot of people. Right? There are a lot of people, even people who call themselves Christians and who think of themselves as Christians, there's a lot of people who, who would say, oh, that's not a sin. Right? That, that's not a sin. That's, that's just something I do. It's just something that we do. Right? But listen, and if you didn't know, I understand. That's why I'm telling you today. Every time you sit down at a screen and you look at pictures of naked people, you're actually going to school. Now, see, you didn't know that because nobody told you before, but now I'm telling you, here's what you're being taught in this school. You are learning three very important lessons every single day. First, what you're learning is this, a real body isn't good enough. That's what the first lesson that you are learning in this school. A real body is not good enough. And second, you're, you're learning this, that one body isn't good enough. Lesson number one, a real body is not good enough. Lesson number two, one body is good enough. And lesson number three, single people, this one will shock you. You're learning this. Your wife's body, your husband's body, your spouse's body is not good enough. Listen, nobody has ever said, I just gorged myself on porn and then one day I, when I got married, it was all went away because I finally had a real physical body. That has never, ever, ever been anyone's story. Going to this school every single day, watching, putting the, uh, this on screens and watching this, you are learning these lessons every day, and this sets you up for extraordinary, extraordinary levels of insecurity, temptation, and heartache. And, and again, I, I know what some of you think, because this is what we're told, right? This is what we hear all the time, right? Well, it doesn't hurt anybody. It doesn't hurt anybody. I mean, after all, they're being paid to do that. Not necessarily. Did you know that? Did you know that not every woman or not every man who is a part of this actually wants to be a part of it? They didn't necessarily choose that. Did you know that? For those of you who are younger than me, which is many of you, um, did you know that during World War II, the United States government handed out as many free cigarettes to GIs as they could smoke? Did you know that? And then a couple years later, they came back and they said, uh-oh, uh-oh, 
right? These things are actually going to end up killing you, right? Do you know that for years and years, like followers of Jesus and other people who are crazy like me would stand up in front of groups of people and talk to individuals and talk to couples and and say, listen, um, uh, watching pornography is bad for you. It's bad for you. It's bad for your marriage. It's a sin against you. It's a sin against your wife. It's a sin against your husband. It's a sin against your boyfriend. It's a sin against God. Right? And, and did you realize in, in our world, in fact, for the last decade in our world, even people who are not followers of Jesus now are coming out and they're saying, uh-oh, all the research right, that's being done right now, and they're saying, uh-oh, uh-oh, going to this school, sitting in front of this screen, right? uh-oh, this is destroying marriages, uh-oh, real people can't compete with these images, uh-oh, this is not simply a pastime, this is a pathway that is leading somewhere, it is leading to women and men to continue to be treated and used and, and, and interacted with as a commodity, Because it just sends the message that she can be bought and she can be sold. And when I'm done with this one, I'll get another one. And listen, as a follower of Jesus, all of us, right, men and women, we need to step up and embrace a biblical view of men and women. And every because every single person you are ever eyeball to eyeball with is made in the image of God. And the same Savior who died for you died for them. They are not commodities. Any of them. Even if you don't know them, your Heavenly Father knows them intimately and loves them deeply. They are not simply images on a screen. But every time you go to that school, that's what you are learning. You need to drop out of this school. And for those of you that kind of sit there and you hear all this and and you listen to this and you think, okay, yeah, Joe... It's fine. I've been doing this for years. It's fine. It's actually, we, this is good for us in our relationship, right? This, will be, this is okay. Um, let me just say this. Here's my suggestion to you, okay? Um, when you do find that person that you, that you think is the one that you want to spend the rest of your life with, here's what I suggest that you do. Um, make a reservation someplace. Get a, go out to dinner. Um, go someplace nice, right? Get a, um, get a booth. Don't get a table, Right? And then after dinner, uh, I just want you to reach across the table. And, and guys, just take her by the hand and look her in the eye and say, listen, I, I love being with you. I love our relationship. I love all the time um, that we get to spend together. I, but I, I just want you to know, listen, um, a real body is never going to do it for me. And, oh, and by the way, um, one body It's just never going to do it for me. I just want you to know. And also, um, your body. It's just, I just want you to know, it's never going to do it for me. Like, why wouldn't you tell her? Why, Why wouldn't you give her the option to opt out before you break her heart instead of after? Why wouldn't you do that? She is not a commodity. She does not belong to you. Okay, moving on. Have I been clear? Any questions back there? Sometimes I, sh- I struggle with clarity. Okay, here's the, um, here's, the, uh, here's the act part, the do differently part. All of us, right, for all of you, because sometimes it just makes it easier to think this through. If you had the opportunity, I want you to think about someone of the opposite sex, right, someone of the opposite sex. So I want you to think of someone of the opposite sex um, that you've never met, but you have so much respect for. 
right? Because if you had the opportunity to be in a social setting with this person, right, you don't need me to tell you what to do, right? I mean, you know what you would do, right? You would defer, right? That's what you would do. You, you would say, oh, no, no, you sit, you, no, you sit here, right? You, you sit here. You, I, I don't want to tell you my story. I want to hear your story, right? I, I'm so honored, right? Oh, I'm so honored, to be, to see you, and to get to know you, and just to hear, right, you, you know what it means, right, I don't need to tell you, right, guys, you would look her straight in the eye, wouldn't you, last piece of advice, and I didn't come up with this, certainly, lots of people have given this advice, but this is advice I've given for years and years and years, especially while I was working with student ministry and in college ministry. And I'll be honest, it's a little crazy, um, but the truth is, the people who have taken this advice, um, these are the people that come back to me over the years and say, thank you, thank you, right? So two pieces of advice. I want you to consider if this is where you're struggling, like this is what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now, I want you to take a year off of dating and if pornography is the area that you struggle with and social media is a trigger for you, I, I want you to take a year off from being on social media, right? Literally, just take out your phone. You can do it right now. I'll be fine. Don't worry about me, right? You can just go to your calendar app, make an appointment, August 28th, 2023, and you can put resume dating, right? Um, resume Instagram, right? Wh whatever. Just take a year off and spend that year renewing your mind. Come to church, watch church, right? Listen, understand what it means to learn the scripture, learn to read the scripture, get rid of some media on your playlist, right? And spend a year, a year, okay? Just a year. And, and, and you know what's going to happen? I'll just tell you, like three months into this, you're going to meet the man or the woman of your dreams. And you're going to think to yourself, okay, I made that stupid commitment that day, right? Because I felt so guilty, right? But you're going to keep going, and you're going to spend a year, right? You're going to spend a year, and a year from now, right, a year from now, you will be an entirely different person. A year from now, you will have taken a giant step towards becoming, becoming the person that the person you're looking for is looking for, and you will have spent a year, and you will have put the ways of childhood behind you. If you struggle, if, if pornography is your struggle, listen, okay, understand, understand, you're not going to conquer this on your own, ever, okay? Go to our website, faithtroy.org, backslash care, scroll to the bottom of the page, there's a list of counselors there that we work with, that Autumn works with, that we know and that we trust, and that will help you deal with this. You can't do this by yourself. That's the lie. You will fail repeatedly and it will just lead to more guilt and more shame. But there is freedom. There is freedom. And again, please understand, I am not, I'm not angry at you. I am angry at the enemy. For us, Autumn and I, for our, in our life and our ministry together, pornography is the thing that we see that starts the path of destruction 
of more marriages and more families than anything else. And the most pernicious lie that is out there that we hear often is this idea that, no, this is, this is good for us. This helps us in our relationship. No, it doesn't. I'm telling you long term, no, it does not. We want for you so badly. We want you to experience the goodness and the strength of your heavenly father. We want you to experience the forgiveness and the freedom of Jesus, your savior, and the comfort and the conviction, right? The conviction on this is important. The conviction of the Holy Spirit because you are not alone. And the scripture is exceedingly clear. There is a path towards restoration. James tells us what it is. He says this. He says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And then he says this. This is so important. The prayer of a righteous person. Any person, any person who is trying to break a sexual addiction, you are taking on the activity of a righteous person. That is amazing. Do you understand how much strength that takes? Do you know how much courage that takes to try to break a sexual addiction? I'm honored that I, when I get to meet people who are trying to, break, to have the Holy Spirit, who are asking the Holy Spirit to break this addiction, that is the prayer of a righteous person. You cannot do this on your own. I could never do this on my own. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful. It is effective. But you need a person. You need to be able to think of a person, a counselor, someone in your small group, someone that you can trust and you can be honest with about this addiction. Because battling a sexual addiction is never an event. It is always a process. Always. I have two resources I want to recommend to you to help you in this. If you're a man, The Game Plan by Joe Dallas, excellent book. This has been out for a while, but it is an excellent, excellent resource. Autumn uses this um, in her practice. Another resource that she's used in her practice is, and this is a little more difficult to see, No Stones. Um, this is specifically for women who are dealing with sexual and recovering from sexual addiction. Uh, Marnie Ferry is her name. Okay, both of these are easily available on Amazon. Get a resource. Find an individual. Pray and ask for healing. I want to end before I pray for you. I have two questions that I want you to think about. I'd love for you to talk about. Questions are simply this. Who's someone that you would be honored to meet one day? And why is it that you'd want to meet them? And then I want you to think about this society, this idea that society, our society, uh, specifically views women as a commodity. And have you ever experienced what it feels like to be valued for a skill or a talent rather than simply who you are? Right, and then how did that leave you feeling? I'd love for you to talk about that in a small group uh, or with friends, perhaps even a family member. And and once again, I want to pray for you this morning. So if you would allow me to pray for you, uh, I would be honored. Holy Spirit, I know, uh, I know um, that for some of us, when we hear these words today, it just is crushing and it's overwhelming and it makes us want to hide. 
but there is no freedom in hiding. Jesus, there's freedom in you. There's freedom in being known, but there's no freedom in hiding. And so, Jesus, my um, prayer for all of us, for all of us, for men and women, uh, is that we would be the kind of people, that you would make us into the kind of people, Jesus, who love one another the way that you have loved us, that we would be the kind of people that the Apostle Paul spoke about, people who give and not take, the kind of people that Peter speaks about, people who show honor and respect to everyone we interact with, whether we know them or not. And Holy Spirit, I do ask that you would give the courage necessary for change to happen, to delete music, delete podcasts, to confess, to take a break from dating, to take a break from social media. And Holy Spirit, most importantly, I ask that today would be the day that for someone, that for someone that this would be the day of an incredible transformation beginning. A transformation, Holy Spirit, where you change them into the person the image of Jesus as a man or a woman, the reflection of Jesus, that you would begin that change and that work and that you would carry it through to completion as you promise to do. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.